Welcome, and thanks for joining me today on Mortgage Manager Playbook, a podcast for sales leaders who want to improve their team's sales performance and originate more loans. I'm Pat Sherlock, your host. Today's topic is value-based selling and what it means today. I have the perfect expert, Nestor Villanueva, head of mortgage production at Northwest Federal Credit Union. Nestor's had a long, successful career with Wells Fargo and BB&T. Nestor? Pat, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, this is an important topic, especially in this time when we have to really provide value to not just our referral sources, but our consumers. But before we talk about that, let's uh, share, how did you get into the world of mortgage banking? Well, like everyone else, I wasn't planning on it, but it was out of curiosity. I was very young. I was 21 years old. I was actually on the retail side working for Wachovia at the time. I, I went to a party and I saw this group of guys. They were, looked like they were having a great time. They were very outgoing. Ended up talking to one of them who shared with me that they were all loan officers. I started asking questions about the job. And, and what's funny is he he was pretty much bragging about how easy the job of a loan officer was, how simple it was to get loans, how he was able to get loans approved without having to verify income or assets. And on top of that, he was able to charge points in the front and the back. I, I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know what points were, but I knew that meant he was making a lot of money. So I thought to myself, if these guys can do it, I can do it too. Went back to work, shared this story with a coworker, and he happened to know the hiring manager at BB&T at the time for the mortgage department. So he put us in touch. I went to lunch. And by the end of the lunch appointment, I was a loan officer and I was thrilled. I was happy. And looking back, I would say I was very naive. Because I didn't realize that it was the beginning of 2007. And it wasn't until after I started the job that found out most loan officers were actually getting out of the industry. And, you know, we had 2008 around the corner and the rest is history. But I would say I, I thought I was getting into my dream job. And here we are 16 years later, uh, living the dream. Well, it's a, not an unusual story, but they certainly were the old days, that's for sure, when the, <laughs> the bank statement loans. So talk to us about, you know, as a mortgage executive, as yourself, a head of productions, what are some of your challenges that you have now in your current position? I would say this year has not been short of challenges. That is for sure. But something that I would put at the center or at the core of all these challenges for me would be getting my team members to assimilate the change and keep an open mind to everything that's happening. It, it's challenging in part because I found myself doing this over and over again, right? We started the year with interest rates going up. So getting them to understand why this is happening. But then we start pulling back in some of the products that we have to offer. So then I have to kind of do that all over again and then changes in operations and all that. So it's ongoing. But I, I would say, you know, looking at this year, we've been somewhat successful on, on getting team members to adapt the change according to what's happening in the market. 
Well, that definitely is a challenge. Uh, and I think every lender and every manager would testify to what you're saying, getting people to understand that we're actually back to our original business, which is the purchase money business. So, but yes, it is a challenge. So talk about, Nestor, about the issues that you think mortgage bankers should be thinking about and maybe are not. Definitely a lot of them. But someone, uh, something that comes to mind, I would say, I have a lot of friends in the industry. I talk to you know executives at other credit unions. I have friends who are top producers for other lenders. And something I don't hear often is what strategy they're using to tap into their existing book of business. Now, we know that that book of business is locked in at really low interest rates, but I think those relationships are there and we can leverage that to originate more loans. It's something that my loan officers have been working on. Uh, as you know, I work for a credit union, so we, we had the uh, advantage to be able to offer home equities in addition to the standard mm-hmm. as far as mortgage loans. So that's something that has helped my loan officers a lot this year to be able to add another, who knows, 500, 700, uh, 1.5 million in production every month. And looking at third-party providers, other services, like you know, Sales Boomerang is one of them. So many other providers that can help you do that, retain that existing relationship with your book of business. Now, that in itself could be a challenge because we're also trying to cut costs as, as many lenders. But in our case, we just went old school, a simple spreadsheet and having the loan officers call people every single week it goes a long way. It can absolutely work. Yeah, you're really making a great point. And I do think the refi markets gets people to be a little bit sales lazy, and they don't really do that. I think that's a good strategy that you're mentioning. So talk about some priorities that you have for next year. What is it that you're going to be emphasizing? So this year, as many lenders in the industry, we kind of have to pivot. I manage both internal and external loan officers. And you'll perhaps be surprised to hear this, but the role of the internal loan officer is the one that has evolved the most, right? Mm -hmm. Because we no longer have those incoming calls. We no longer have the large volume of emails coming in. So we had to work with them to actually go out, become active in the community. And we actually started by having them build relationships with our internal partners, the branches. We have a fantastic seg group for those who are not familiar with credit unions that will be the select employee group so we've been building relationships with them we've been trying different things see what works what doesn't work i think at this point we have a very good understanding of what has generated loans for us so going into next year i would like to see my loan officers do a lot more of that building those relationships those partnerships also about 60 days ago we rolled out a CRM system. We're using Salesforce now. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. There's so much potential with that. But just like anything, it is a change and it takes time for the loan officers to adapt to it and start making a really good use of it. So I would love to see, and we're definitely going to work with the loan officers to have them leverage that technology going into next year. 
Well, there's certainly great goals. And I do think they're a high priority in our business. And it's all about developing relationships, as you well know, which I think is a great segue into the topic we're going to talk about today, which is value-based selling. How would you define value-based selling? It it is definitely important because the way we define value now, it's probably very different with the way it was just 18 months ago. So the, the way I look at value I look at it as an equation. So value equals benefits minus cost, right? That's the, the plain, simple definition of value. But if we look at benefit, that's really where the loan officers make a difference. And benefit could be tangible or intangible. And for the past couple of years, there's been a huge emphasis on the tangible benefits, having the lowest rates even tangible cost, right? Being able to originate refinances with no closing cost or no origination fee. And even when all that got competitive and all lenders had the same products in very low interest rates, then we moved into short-term times, right? We can close your loan within 21 days. We guarantee we can close your loan in 15 days. But nonetheless, everything was based on tangible benefits. Mm-hmm. We could put a number to it. Our, our referral partners can see it. Our members can, can put numbers to it. But now it's different. I think now we have to pivot to intangible benefits. Now, how do we define intangible benefits? Mm-hmm. I think that's really where the lender comes into place. But ultimately, is the loan officer who will define that to the member or to the referral partner. And I can, I can give you a few examples. For instance, when talking to a member or or building that relationship with a potential borrower, an intangible benefit will be whether you actually position yourself as a mortgage advisor Mm -hmm. versus someone who's just quoting a rate, right? And, And we hear this over and over again, but in reality, how many loan officers can actually explain what's happening with interest rates Mm -hmm. clearly and briefly. How many loan officers are asking the right questions about the overall financial picture of our borrowers versus just focusing on the loan? Mm -hmm. So to me, that's a clear intangible benefit that once you, you add that into equation, it yields volume to our members and helps our loan officers to set apart. In terms of relationships with referral partners, it's very similar. I mentioned going uh, switching gears with my internal loan officers this year. Our branches have referral goals. And in the past, it was not a problem for them to just send referrals our way. We work with real estate agents. So we send referrals to them. They send referrals back to us. It's very simple. Again, it's a tangible benefit. This year, we, we switched gears. We had the loan officers organize events with the branch managers, like for instance, mortgage days. So the conversation is no longer about generating leads or loans, but it's about organizing the event. And then we bring in the real estate agent, someone that perhaps we haven't even sent a lead or or a referral in a couple of months, but we bring them in and we show them that even though we're not sending them referrals, we do have the ability to open the doors to our membership. So we give them an opportunity to spend all day at the branch with us, talking to members multiple times. Those events are very successful. We get four or five loans out of it. 
Sometimes they're not, right? We don't have control over that. But that's a way that we're adding value to the relationships with our branch managers. We're adding value to the relationship with our real estate agents, which is very different from us just simply sending referrals to them a couple of months ago. So, Nestor, do you see the difference between successful loan officers today versus others is that they recognize that the value equation has to be with every interaction and the other originators, you don't see it that way. They just think this is a product and price business, which is obviously not. What are your thoughts on that? Pat, I think you're 100% correct. And, And yes, I would say you know, being in charge of many loan officers, I do see that and you try to coach them. But to, to your point, I'll give you an example. I mentioned having the loan officers just reach out to the existing book of business, individuals that have originated loans for a couple of years ago. The top producing loan officers, as soon as that idea was introduced, their eyes light up. We send them this spreadsheet with four or 500 names in there. They already put them in their calendars. You don't have to tell them anything. Every week, they're blocking two, three hours a day just to call people and ask questions. Do you have any questions about your mortgage? They're not even offering products. They just want to touch base with these individuals. Back in the day, they did build a relationship with at the time they were working on the transaction. But on the other hand, you do have loan officers that look at it as just another task that now they have to complete. And it definitely goes without saying, it's very obvious those who put the effort and time into it uh, when you look at their production versus those who don't. So do you find, and I see this a lot in certainly lenders that I have been involved with over the years, that where the loan officers think it's like the fact that the loan closes on time, they think that's the end of their job. (laughs) So it really isn't. And it is this continuing relationship. I don't see a lot of loan officers working their former customers. What are your thoughts on that? I've noticed the same. And that definitely sets apart a top producer versus someone who's just looking for, for a new loan. But along the same lines, you can also see that on their efforts to be active in the community, right? I, I think the loan officers who look at their job as very task-oriented, they're only looking for that next loan, whereas a top producer is trying, is working on his or her brand. So I, I have one of my loan officers who's young, he's very actually successful with this. When production went down, he looked at it as a great opportunity to get involved with his kids' school and his mm-hmm. church. He sponsored a basketball tournament, which was fairly inexpensive. And he ended up getting 14 loans out of it over the next six months. But the reason why he was able to obtain those loans is because he was very active with the community. And then when people found out he was a loan officer, it was like a plus to them. They already knew him. They had seen him being active at the school at different events. And now they found out he's a loan officer. It's like, game change. I'm like, perfect. You can help me with what I need. So yes, uh, it definitely makes a difference to staying in touch with borrowers. It makes a difference being active in the community. And again, adding value to those relationships, not necessarily looking for the next loan, but eventually it will lead to more referrals to those loan officers. 
So is that, Nestor, one of the thoughts, and I definitely see this uh, with originators, that some originators feel their job is to sell product and price, as I've already mentioned. And then the other originators, your successful ones, like the fellow that you were mentioning, he sees uh, and bringing value, which is defined by a personal brand, which is really what he is doing. And is there a disconnect with the other originators that don't really understand that personal brand is what you sell? That's you, you're the product? Yes, I, I agree with that and I can see that. And that's something that you can tell them, train them, you can have a call and have this conversation, but not everyone gets it. Not right. everyone gets it. And, and it boils down to the desire to succeed in this business. I would share with you, when I started here at the Credit Union, we had a very small team. We only had loan officers. So we grew it all the way to 19 loan officers. A lot of the people that we hire were fairly new to the mortgage industry or they had limited knowledge. So they made the best out of the refinance boom. But right now, they're definitely seeing the other side of it. And it's, it's quite interesting to see those who, who get it, who are committed to do this long-term, who are willing to adapt, who are willing to focus and build in their brand versus those who are just praying and hoping that interest rates drop again so they can get more loans in the pipeline. Yeah, unfortunately, there is a segment of the industry that is thinking that. Well, we this value-based discussion, I have to have you come back and talk about it some more because I do think the equation has changed dramatically. So if you had to summarize for our listeners today a couple of key takeaways, what would that be? One takeaway I would say is take action and look at this where we are right now long-term. The actions that we take right now will absolutely yield results down the road. And it's it's tough to understand that because we're out every week, we're making phone calls, and perhaps the loans are not coming in this week. Perhaps you're not getting those callbacks today. But adding value to our communities, adding value to those relationships that we already have with referral partners and with uh, existing members or existing borrowers, down the road, it's guaranteed to pay off. So that will be my number takeaway. Look at it long way, invest in adding value to those relationships, and eventually we'll be out of this downturn and we'll be able to successfully increase production once again. Thanks, Nestor, for sharing your thoughts. And thanks, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. You can catch up on all episodes at www.patsherlock.com and subscribe. Pat, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Manager Playbook. You can catch up on all our episodes by subscribing to receive each week a new show. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and team members. If you're looking to increase production, call me to discuss my prospecting sales training program, Ramping Up Realtor Referral Sources. Check out my website, www.patsherlock.com.